Hello, Les Raymond here with the Mindful Movement. Whether you are about to enjoy one of Sarah's beautiful meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to remind our community that the best way to support the Mindful Movement is to support the companies that make this happen. Sarah and I are very picky about the companies we choose to work with, and we are grateful to have the relationships we have and to share them with our listeners. You can learn more about our affiliates through our website by clicking on the Favorites tab. We are excited to have recently added Sunlighten as an affiliate. They make state-of-the-art infrared saunas, and their founder, Connie, came on for a recent interview if you would like to listen. Our Sunlighten sauna has been a family favorite for over a decade. Some of our most popular affiliates are the grounding mats from Ultimate Longevity, which we sleep on every night, and the Apollo Neuro, which Sarah is now wearing daily to help manage stress. When you support these brands, you in turn are supporting the mindful movement and helping Sarah and I continue to devote our time to this passion. Whether you check out these companies or not, I just want to say thanks again and reiterate how grateful Sarah and I both are for all of the support over the years. I hope you enjoy the episode. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm Les Raymond, flying solo today. This will be brief. Something was on my mind. I had something come up today with a relationship that went south and it made me realize for the I don't know, 100th time, the cost of conveniences, I guess, the cost of departing from something natural, some natural process. Now, some folks will look at technology and make the case that it's all natural. If humans create the technology and humans are natural, then it's just an extension of that process and everything that exists is natural. I don't know if I fully buy that. And granted, being natural isn't necessarily inherently good. Rat urine is natural, but I'm not going to use it as salad dressing. But I had a text encounter with a family member. Now, granted... There's a peppered past with this family member. There's a history of encounters that don't go great. And I care about this person a great deal. And also I've noticed over decades that they've done a good job pretty much ruining all the relationships in their life. Most people probably know somebody like this where they can't get out of maybe the victim mentality for whatever reason not that it's their fault but they never 
are able to shine a light on their situation enough to alter their course, even though they have support and help. And of course, it's hard to help somebody when they don't seem to care enough about themselves to help themselves. So people offer help over and over and over. And then eventually, it's hard to continue to flex that muscle where there's just a underlying toxicity of how that person relates to themselves. So that toxicity spreads into all their other relationships. And I've been one of the people in the, one of the few people in the family that have always just been as compassionate, as empathetic as I can. Um, Doors always open, always pick up the phone. And over the years, there's been a handful of times where I really get shut out and then six or 12 months goes by and then the phone rings as if nothing ever happened, as if I never got told before to screw off and I subject myself for another beating. (laughs) You know, no good deed goes unpunished. But this go round, uh, it was over text and it made me realize that I don't think this go-round of toxic blow-up in the relationship would have happened if it wasn't over text. And you could make a case that the natural way for humans to communicate is not through text. Though, of course, it's quite normalized these days. I have a trouble with long texts, long emails. I'd just rather pick up the phone or call somebody or have a conversation. And... I have a tendency to play like the devil's advocate in a way to help somebody. If somebody's complaining to me, I try to get them to just see things a different way. Not that I disagree with everything and I want to be right and them wrong, but just to shine a light on, there's a lot of ways to look at a situation. But going through text, saying something as the devil's advocate or a little tongue in cheek, it doesn't translate well. And when somebody's angry and complaining about everything in their life and every body in life and complaining about people that you also care about because they are your family also, it's hard to just continue to relentlessly be there and hold space for that without, or at least for me, it's hard to to handle that without saying, hey, uh, it might not be as you are explaining it right now. This might not be the whole story. You know, you're not necessarily factoring in the other side of the story, how somebody else sees it. And granted, when you're in a deep funk of suffering, which this man has been for a long time, yeah, it's hard to be compassionate. It's hard to put yourself in the shoes of another. When all you when you're very well practiced at seeing your own suffering and dwelling on it and pointing the finger everywhere but at yourself. And everybody knows someone like that. And they don't deserve that scenario. There's a a lot of luck involved in life. And I was just reminded that, man, this should not be done via text. And the funny thing is, is halfway through the discussion, which actually started last night, I ended it saying, uh, when we continue, let's continue on the phone, not via text. 
and I didn't listen to my own advice. And this morning, text came rolling in, and I just played along again. And then it all kind of blew up. And maybe it was my fault. I should have, I could have, if I could do it again, I would have said, hey, this isn't going well. Let's take a break or let's, let's do this over the phone. Because we can't do each other justice with text. You just can't communicate the same way. And what's funny is the context around this, this, the context of recognizing the trade-offs between conveniences and, and like the benefits or, or what we get out of our life experience. So Sarah and I just went away for an overnighter, uh, partially to, to celebrate a recent 20th anniversary it was also my birthday, and uh, we took a trip to the middle of Virginia to visit a farm. It was a farm, it is a farm, that we've been acquiring food from for the last several years, and we'd never been there, and we've been invited by the farmers for many years, and it was it's kind of far for us, but this time we, we took the trip, and it was beautiful, but it was interesting. It's one thing to lose your signal, like cell signal, when you're going on a trip because you're kind of going into the middle of nowhere. We lost our signal a solid hour before we got to the destination. I mean, we were driving in the dark for a while. And we're not really used to that. Um, losing the map function on your phone is actually quite terrifying these days. You know, we're so reliant on it. Again, a convenience. A long time ago, I remember we used to have an atlas like a road atlas in the trunk of the car that you would always be able to pull out and kind of reassess where you are. And, you know, the other day, that would have been a nice backup plan. We didn't have it. So we had our phones, but they were useless and, you know, we're quite reliant on them. That convenience comes at a cost. The convenience in that situation of having this iPhone that could help you navigate all over the world, you get relying on it. It's a crutch. And then when it disappears, you're spinning wheels. You know, that's a trade-off. And then we get to the farm and, you know, there's nothing there. There's no signal. Um, there's there's no conveniences. And there were many times where Sarah and I are sitting, talking about something, and just had this instinct to grab our convenience, to grab the phone, to check on something. You know, to check on, ooh, what would it be like to live out here? You know, what's a house cost? Check Zillow, whatever. But it was also made obvious the other side of the trade-off of some of these conveniences because when you don't have those distractions, boy, it gets really quiet. You know, it gets uncomfortably quiet in the mind. It's as if your sheer existence is some meditative practice. Just like you sit to meditate, especially if you're not very well practiced, it could be a real challenge, the stillness, the silence. And we were living in this cabin as isolated as I think we've ever been, never been so far away from something. You know, there was nothing, no business or real civilization within an hour. And the sheer existence is a meditative experience. 
whether it's the washing of the dishes and not having a dishwasher, um, looking for entertainment and needing to, for me, I mean, needing to hold a real book. (laughs) I've been so dependent on Audible for books for several years now. It's like I forgot how to pick up a real book and read it. I was reminded that it's a lot easier on the eyes. Reading on my screen is, I don't think, a good idea. And you're almost allowing boredom to brew, to emerge, which in many cases these days is rare to feel boredom because we have so many things at our fingertips, so many conveniences. We could switch gears out of boredom so easily with all the technologies and privileges we might have access to. Sarah and I played cards, and you're on the porch, and there's bugs in the woods and strange animals in the distance making noises, and just the sensations of your experience, the feel of your body on the chair, the feel of the air, the notice of the bugs flying around, the bug that lands on your arms. It's like you just notice everything. You look into each other's eyes more. I remember sitting, playing cards with Sarah, just dwelling on the gratitude for a moment. How lucky we are to have each other, to have made it 20 years, to still love each other, to see the value of taking trips like this together. It was special. It was short, it was brief, but it was beautiful and it was meaningful. And it was not convenient. And on some level, I found it really nourishing. Like, it almost makes me wonder, you know, the nervous system just shifts to a more peaceful place so quickly when you're at a tiny cabin in the middle of the mountain somewhere with no signal, very little pollution of any kind. And it makes me wonder, what is homeostasis? Like, what is the baseline of human existence in the body? I mean, how much are we walking around sick because we're just so far removed from what is natural. I mean, I felt a shift after one day. Usually when we travel on a vacation, let's say we go to a local beach in Delaware, it takes a few days to relax. It's still a busy place. It's beautiful. There's a beach, but there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of people. There's density. You still eventually relax, but it takes halfway through the vacation. But here, isolated, no conveniences. There was that nervous system shift pretty quickly. We weren't even there 24 hours, I think. I mean, it was it came very quick. And it makes me wonder, what would happen if you string 100 of those days together? How would that feel? It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine what the body and mind would feel like 100 days of extremely low distraction and extremely low levels of convenience. I don't know if I have it in me to explore that. I would like to explore more than, you know, the night that we stayed. I would like to do a little bit more of the minimalist style travel, the camping in the woods and whatnot. I've done two long camping trips myself. I say long, six days. I remember them being extremely therapeutic, life-altering. I don't want to miss out on the growth potential that comes with those. I want to keep that in mind. 
when planning the weeks of my future. I want to keep those uh, experiences or opportunities on the calendar somewhere. And this week was a real nice reminder of that. And then this morning was a real nice reminder of some of the impacts or the costs of the trades that we accept around convenience. It was more convenient to engage in a text than to disrupt the pattern and say, hey man, let's not go down this road. Let's get on the phone. Let's FaceTime or something and at least take a step closer to a more natural form of communication, a conversation. I don't think it would have ended so poorly. And I failed at recognizing that in the moment, even though I wasn't really stressed in the moment, I'm pretty sure the other party was, but I I really regret not pausing and disrupting that pattern and say, let's resume the human way. Let's tap into the human modality here of conversation. I'm almost positive it would have ended differently. And instead, I'm guessing I'm in another round of disconnect and it'll be another year or so before I hear back. So unfortunate. No real advice here today, um, but I do appreciate the listening. (laughs) Just me journaling out loud. I hope you got some value out of it. I hope you have a terrific day.